Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. In Parshas Vayechi, we read, at least according to Rashi, that Yaakov gave to his son Yosef a, a special gift, a special privilege, that Yosef would become two Shvatim, not just one. In other words, that Yosef's two sons, Menashe and Ephraim, each one would be considered one of the 12 tribes of Israel. This in itself is rather remarkable. But, but it has, there's plenty of uh, support for this idea in various places in the Torah. What is even more remarkable is that, is that according to the way Rashi understands the Pasuk, this is a gift that Yaakov tells Yosef. This is a, this is a gift, this is an item that Yaakov took from his brother Asa. He somehow won over this gift from Esav, and he is now presenting it to Yosef. Let's take a look at the Pasuk, Perak Memches, Pasuk Chafbeis. Here is Yaakov speaking to his son Yosef. Yaakov is on his deathbed. Vani and I, Nesati Dachoshchem Echad Alachecha. I have given you one portion more than your brothers. That we're going to go with this explanation that Rashi says. Rashi says a completely different explanation. We're only going to consider in this year this explanation. I have given to you one extra portion more than your brothers. That I took from the Emoiri. The Emoiri is one of the nations in Eretz Canaan. Literally with my sword and with my bow. Let's take a look at Rashi in his Dover Acher in his second approach to this Pasuk. Shechem <clears throat> Echod, Rashi says, he ha this is referring to the Bechorah, to the rights of the firstborn. In other words, it's as if Yaakov is making Yosef the Bechor of the family, even though really he was the second to last son born. But in a certain way, he is making him the Bechor. Sheyitlu vanov shnei chalakim that his children, the children of Yosef, will take two chalakim, meaning Menashe and Ephraim will become two separate shvatim. And uh, when Eretz Yisrael is divided up amongst the various shvatim, Menashe will take a portion and Ephraim will take a portion. Rashi then goes on to show that Shechem, L'shayn Chelaku, the word Shechem can mean a chelak, a portion. We're not going to go through all of his proofs. Rashi continues. So this gift that he is giving to Yosef, that his two sons will be considered shvatim, is something that I took from the Amoiri. Now that, uh, on a literal level, is very hard to understand. What does it mean that this gift of being the Bechor, I took from the Canaanites who live in the land of Canaan, that, that, that makes no sense at all. So Rashi says, Miyad Esav, really, I took it from Esav. Sha'ose Mase Emori. 
Asaph is called the Amoiri because he does actions of the Amoiri. He serves idolatry and he, he does all kinds of Averos like the Amorite people. So therefore Asaph here is called the Amoiri. Number Acher, or another explanation why Asaph is called Ha'amoiri, because he used to trap his father with the words of his mouth. He used to trick his father in various ways into thinking that he, Esav, was a tzaddik, when really he was not. And I took this from Esav, with my sword and my bow. Now, we don't find anywhere in Chumash that Yaakov had a war against Esav. So Rashi says, he with my sword and with my bow, refers to his chachma, his wisdom, and his tefillah. Uh, those who are interested in why cherev is called chachma and keshes is called tefillah, I suggest you look in the Gurariye and other mefarshim. That is not my topic for this year. But what do we see from this Rashi in general? We see that Yaakov is giving to Yosef an extra portion, meaning that his two children will be considered two tribes. And this is something that Yaakov took away from Esau with his wisdom and tefillah. Now, the question is, what exactly are we talking about over here? If we are talking about uh, perhaps a double portion of Yitzhak's property, every Bechor, the firstborn son of any family, according to the law of the Torah, the firstborn son takes an extra portion of the father's property. It works as follows. Let's say there are uh, three sons. So instead of dividing the property into three equal portions, the property is divided into four portions, one more than the actual number of sons. The Bechar gets two of those portions and each of the other sons gets one. Now, if that's what we're talking about, if Yaakov is making uh, Yosef into his Bechor for, for that purpose, I don't think that's really what it's talking about. I don't think we find that Yosef got an extra portion of property from the inheritance of Yaakov. And in fact, if you go back to Parshas Vayishlach, we have a Pasuk that refers to Bechor Yaakov Reuven. It refers to Reuven as being the Bechor Yaakov. And Rashi says, Koroi Bechor. The Pasuk here is referring to Reuven as the Bechor. Bechor Le'avayda. He is the Bechor for Avayda, meaning the Bechor in the times before Matan Torah had the right to be the, the family Kohen, so to speak. He was the one who brought within the family. So Reuben remained the Bechor for this Aveda, for this service to Hashem. Bechor Leminyan, he is also called, he is the Bechor for counting, meaning when we count the Shifte Yisrael, when we count the tribes of Israel, we count beginning with Reuben. Bechor Lenachla, and he remained the Bechor Lenachla, meaning when Yaakov eventually died and he had an estate worth however many thousands of uh, shekel or whatever the coin was, it was divided amongst his children and Reuven got an extra portion. And here as she says, 
the privileges of the firstborn were only were given to Yosef Ella only Le'inyan Hashvatim. It was only in the matter of the Shvatim. Shenaso Lishnei Shvatim. That Yosef became two Shvatim. So going back to Parshish Vayichi, when Yaakov says to Yosef, I am I am giving to your children two portions. It doesn't mean I'm giving to you two portions in the division of my estate when I die. It doesn't mean that I am giving them some extra privilege to be the family Kohen that remained with Reuben. It means only this, that your two, your two children are going to become two Shvat. The question is, what does that got to do with Esav? Not clear what it, how, how it is that Yaakov took that from Esav. This gift, that he can somehow make an extra shave it, it's saying here that he took it from the Amori. Who's the Amori? It means Esav who acted like an Amori. Where does Esav come in over here? This is not clear. The Mizrahi, apparently, in an in attempt to understand this, quotes a Midrash. He quotes here a gracious rabbah. I gave to you Shechem, meaning I gave to you an extra portion, that refers to the privileges of the firstborn, or some privilege of the firstborn, and also I'm giving to you, Yosef, the garment which had originally belonged to Adam Harishan. Chazal tell us about a certain special garment that had originally belonged to Adam HaRishain. It was later taken by Nimrod, the famous king, and later Esav got a hold of it. And now, and then later, at some point, Yaakov came into possession of this coat, of this garment. So I am giving to you, Yosef, the Bukhira, and I'm also giving to you the this garment of Adam HaRishain, Asher Lakachti Miyad HaAmoiri Ze'esav, which I took from the Amoiri, which is referring to Esav. So it sounds like the, the, the gracious rabbi is coming to explain what is coming from Esav. And the Midrash rabbi is explaining, no, it's not the Bechira that is, that's coming from Esav. This, that, that Yosef's two children became two tribes, that's not something that Yaakov got from Esav. What did Yaakov get from Esav that he's giving to the two sons that he's giving to Yosef, and then it will it will fall eventually to his two sons. He is giving the Levusha Yishol Adam Harishai. He's giving this special garment from Adam Harishai. Okay, as a midrash, it's it's understandable as a midrash to say that that's what Rashi means. I think clearly we cannot say that for the simple reason that Rashi doesn't say it. If Rashi here meant that what's coming from Esav is the, is the garment of Adam Arishain, he would have had to mention that. It's certainly not in the Pasek. In simplicity, as the average person reads it, there's no mention here of the garment of Adam Arishain. So if Rashi wanted us to understand that that's what the Pasek is referring to, he surely would have mentioned it. Since he does not mention it, then I don't think we can say that that was Rashi's intent. This is, by the way, a general principle, which I I believe in very strongly. If there are some who disagree with me, so be it. General principle is 
that if there is a certain fact, a certain additional act or fact that is mentioned in the Midrash or is mentioned in the Gemara, we should not assume that Rashi is explaining the Pasuk according to that extra fact unless Rashi mentions it. Yes, it's true the Midrash says it. Yes, it's true the Gemara says that these are, these are very good sources, the Midrash and the Gemara. But if Rashi doesn't mention something, in general, my general theory is that he doesn't mean to use it. He's explaining it differently. He's explaining it more according to the simple meaning. He's explaining it perhaps according to some other opinion in the Midrash or the Gemara. You cannot assume that Rashi is only saying what he's saying because of this uh, extra little story in the Midrash or in the Gemara. For example, here, there is, there are Midrashim about the Levushai Shal Adam HaRishan, and the Midrash says that that's what Yaakov was giving to Yosef, which he had taken from Asa, but I don't think we can push that into Rashi for the simple reason that Rashi doesn't mention it. So I'm, I do not feel comfortable with how the Mizrahi seems to be understanding this Rashi. Maskil the David suggests that according to Rashi, the words asher lakachti miyad ha'amoyri, which I took from the Amoyri, meaning Esav, should be read as ka'asher lakachti miyad ha'amoyri. In other words, Yosef, Yaakov is saying to Yosef, I am giving to you the Bechira, even though you're not really the firstborn. Similar to the way I took the Bechira of my father Yitzchak from my big brother Esav. Esav was older than me. And yet I uh, gave him a pot of uh, bean stew and he sold me the Bechira. So just like I was able to become the Bechor, even though I was not the firstborn, so I'm making you like the Bechor, even though you are not the firstborn. Of course, uh, the objection to this explanation is that it does not say kasher lokachti miyada amoyri. The Pasuk says asher lokachti, not like I took from the amoyri, but the portion that I did take from the amoyri. So we are still left to ponder, how is it that this gift that Yaakov is giving to Yosef is identified as something that he took from Asaph. I think the key to understanding this is a Pasek in Parshas Miketz. In Parshas Miketz, Yaakov says to Yosef, this is soon after Yaakov is reunited with Yosef after many years of separation. Pardon me. Yaakov Yosef. Yaakov says, said to Yosef, El Shaddai, Nirali, Nira Eli, Beluz, Be'eretz Kenan. Kel Shaddai is one of the names of Hashem. We're not going to go into its specific meaning at the moment, but it's one of the names for God. So Hashem, Nira Eli, he appeared to me, Beluz, in a place called Luz, Be'eretz Canaan, in the land of Canaan, by Yavarachosi, and he blessed me. By Yomer Eli, and he said to me, 
Behold, I am going to make you fruitful and multiply. And I'm going to make you into a congregation of nations. And I'm going to give this land to your seed, to your children after you. An eternal holding of this land of Eretz Yisrael. Now here Rashi says, when Satiha the Kalami, Yaakov tells Yosef that Hashem had appeared to me once upon a time, and he told me that I'm going to become a Kahal Amim, a congregation of nations. Now, nations here refers to the Shvatim. Each Shevet is called an Am, as Rashi also points out in Parshas Isabrocha. What does it mean that I am going to make you into a congregation of nations? So Rashi says, Bisrani. And we have to understand that at that time, when Yaakov is in his old age, it came to Mitzrayim and was reunited with Yosef, he already had all of his children. So what is it? So uh, let's see what Rashi says. Bisrani, Hashem informed me, he uh, heralded me. Shasidin what says me many od kahalva Hashem told me at that time, back when I was in Luz, which was just after he had run away from his brother Esav and was on his way to to Choron to find a wife, Hashem told me that still in the future is going to come from me a kahal and an amim, a congregation and nations. Sha'amarlai. Because Hashem said to me, said to him, Goy ukahal goyim, a nation and a congregation of nations. And we expound. Goy, what does it mean that a nation will come from you? Omaloi al binyamin. That Hashem said to him regarding binyamin. At that point, Yaakov had not yet given, uh, not yet, binyamin was not yet born. So that is referring to binyamin. Uh, I'm mixing up a little bit when all these things happen. We will clarify soon. But at the point that this Nebuah was given, Yaakov had not yet, uh, Binyamin had not yet been born to Yaakov. So the the Nebuah, the prophecy that he's going to have a Goy, that refers to Binyamin, Kahal Goyim, and a congregation of nations, Levadmi Binyamin. This means that he would have two sons besides Binyamin. Yeshuv and Yaakov says, but furthermore, no son was born to me. Once Binyamin was born, I didn't have any more children. So Limdani, Hashem was teaching me, that in the future, one of my shvatim, one of my children would split into two. The Atol, and now, also Matana, Ani That Matana, I am giving to you. Now, a little... Clarification, I got a little bit confused before. This Pasuk is Yaakov talking to Yosef here in Parshish Vayechi. They're in Mitzrayim. Yaakov is uh, on his deathbed, more or less. And he says to Yosef um, that Hashem, at one time, way back, way back when he appeared to me, and he told me that you're going to have Binyamin, which happened, and you're going to have two more children, which apparently didn't happen. So what does it mean? It must have meant that one of my shvatim is going to split into two, and I am giving that gift 
to you. Now, what we see here from this Pasuk and this Rashi is that the ability that Yaakov had to make one of his Shvatim into two Shvatim, which he decided to apply that ability to Yosef, that ability was given to Yaakov in a vision that he had in the city of Luz, as it is recorded in Parshas Vayishlach. So we need to examine what's going on in that vision. And we also need to remember that in fact, there were two times that a Kodesh Baruch Hu appeared to Yaakov in the city of Luz. Let's first, let's start with the first one. The first one is in Parshas Vayetze. Yaakov uh, has uh, stolen, quote unquote, the brachas from Esav. Esav uh, became extremely upset and threatened to kill Yaakov. So Yaakov is going to run away. Okay, he runs away. He arrives in a place called Base Hell, also called Luz. And he has a dream. He sees the angels going up and down the ladder. Okay, and a Kodesh Baruch who appears to him. And he says, the land that you are lying on, I'm going to give it to you. And your, your nation is going to become very numerous and powerful and spread out in all different directions. Very good. Let's continue. And I'm going to protect you wherever you go. And I'm going, ultimately, I'm going to return you to this soil, to this ground, to this land. And Yaakov woke up and he said, wow. Hashem is in this place, and I didn't know it. And this is an amazing place. This must be the Shar HaShemayim. This is the gateway to heaven. Okay. And he wakes up the next morning. He takes a certain stone, and he dedicates it as a matseva, as a sort of a mizbeach, as a place to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he calls this place Beis El, the house of God. However, the Pasuk says, however, Luz Shema Yilarishena. The original name of the city was Luz. So we're talking about an event that took place in the city of Luz. And then Yaakov makes a vow. He says, If Hashem will be with me and guard me, and he will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, and I will ultimately return to my father's house, Vishalom, in peace. And he will be my God the whole way along. So then, what do I bow to do? So then this stone that I have placed today as a matseva, as an altar of sorts, it will be a house of, of God, and I will serve Hashem at this place. This is the first vision that Yaakov had in the city of Luz. You will notice there is no uh, mention of uh, having 12 tribes. There's no mention of one of the tribes becoming two tribes. What we read, that's what's here. Now, let's go to the second vision that took place in the city of Luz. This is in Parshas Vayishlach. And in this parsha, 
uh, Yaakov has done his uh, time. He has served his debt to society uh, by living with Lovin for many years and struggling over there. And he has finally come back to Eretz Yisrael. He has also had an encounter with his brother Esav, and he survived that. And now, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him, and God said to Yaakov, Ani Kel Shakai, I am El Shaddai, I am Hashem. Pray Revei, be fruitful and multiply. Goy Ukahal Goyim, Yiyemi Mecca. A nation and a congregation of nations will be from you, will come out from you, etc. Let's take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, of course, I had this all set up before nicely, and then things change. Rashi says, Goy Binyamin. When it says that Hashem is going to give to him a nation, that means Binyamin. Goyim, two nations, Menashe Viafrayim. That is referring to Menashe Viafrayim. Shasidim Lotseismi Yosef. In the future, they are going to come, come from Yosef. Behem Viminyan Hashvatim. And they are going to be considered in the count of the Shvatim. Each one of them is going to be considered a separate shevet. They're not just going to be considered children, part of the shevet of Yosef, but rather each one is going to be considered its own shevet. So here in the city of Luz, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, made this promise and made this prediction for Yaakov. Now, what is the context of this vision here? If we go back a few psukim, go back to the beginning of Perak Lamed Hay, we will see several points that will help, help us understand the context of this narrative here. First of all, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Yaakov, get up and go to Beisel and make for me a Mizbeach, lo'el hanire eilecha, to the God, meaning to me, that appeared to you, bevorcha, there in Beisel, or in Luz, bevorchacha mipnei esav achicha when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Hashem said, I want you to go back to that place where you stopped along the way, when you were fleeing from your brother Esau, and I want you to build a Mizbeach there, build an altar. If we go ahead to Pasuk Zion, it says, Vayiven Shom Mizbeach, Yaakov built there a Mizbeach, Vayikra Lamakoyim El Beis El, and he called this place El Basel, the God of Basel, Kisham Niglo Elav Elohim, because there God had been revealed to him, Bivarcho Mibne Esavachiv, when he had been fleeing from Esav, his brother. Again, this emphasis on this is the place where he had been when he ran away from his brother Esav. We also find in Pasik Yud that in this place of Basel slash Luz, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Yaakov, Lo yikarei shimcha od Yaakov, ki im Yisrael shemecha. Your name will no longer be called Yaakov, at least not exclusively. Rather, your name will be Yisrael. Now, we know from Parshas, uh, from Parshas or Yishlach, from a previous story, that 
when Yaakov wrestled with the angel, when he wrestled with, according to Sarai, when he wrestled with the Sarai Shal Esav, he wrestled with Esav's guardian angel, as Rashi says there, and he succeeded. So that is when he was told that his name would be changed to Yisrael. Here, the name change is actually taking place. Now, if we put all of these things together, this is the place, Basel, to which you had run when your brother Esav was out to get you. And I want you now to make a Mizbeach, and I'm going to change your name now. It was promised to you when you defeated Esav that your name would be changed. I'm now going to formalize that change of name. In other words, the general theme and context of this whole Nevoah that is taking place in Parshish Mayishlach is, you have defeated Esav, both physically and spiritually. You have escaped from him. He's no longer at your neck. You have overcome him. You are now called Yisrael, Kisarisa. You have become a Tsar. You have become a, a prince over him. And therefore, what am I promising to you? What am I going to give you? I'm going to give you Kahal Ukal Goyim, the Goy Ukahal Goyim Yemimek. The grand result of your success against Esau is going to be that I'm going to make you into a nation and a congregation of nations, which means I'm going to give you another son, Binyamin, and I'm going to take one of your sons and make him into two. And that's Yosef. That eventually uh, was fulfilled through Yosef. And so it comes out that we see from this divorce, from this encounter that Yaakov had with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the city of Basel slash Luz, that the ability to make Yosef into two Shvatim was, quote unquote, taken from Esau. It was a reward that Yaakov was given for surviving and overcoming and defeating Esau. And I think this is how we can understand our Pesach here in Parshas Vayichi. Yaakov said to Yosef, I am giving you one extra portion more than your brothers, meaning I am making you, Yosef, into two shvatim. You're going to be two shvatim, one Ephraim, one Menashe. Asher lakachli miyad that I took from the Amoiri. Who's the Amoiri? Rashi says miyad Esav. This is something that I took from Esav. Meaning, I was given this gift that one of my Shvatim could become two Shvatim. I was given it as a reward for surviving and being successful against my arch rival, against my brother Esav. I think that's how we can understand this Rashi.